It's been about a month since the last Polish Guy podcast. This is normally the lean time of year for all of sports. Uh, well, because, you know, football is the number one sport. And we're about a month removed from the Super Bowl. And we'll just take a couple of minutes here. We got our buddy Blotz. How you doing there, man? Uh, doing all right. Doing all right. Uh, you know, uh, here it's uh, snowing again or whatever up that way. So uh, we're doing a little better than you are up there. Uh, yeah, by this time next week I will be in Vegas, so uh, there'll be a little bit of a change in my uh, in the temperatures around me. Uh, yeah, we we have like our seventy third polar vortex coming in, apparently setting records for the you know it's not temperature records for like winters, but as far as winters in the last thirty years, it's the twenty or thirty years, it's it's one of the worst. The only one worse is 1994, apparently, as far as snow cover and all that type of stuff. So, yeah, yeah, good old Northeastern Ohio, man. <laughs> Speaking of yeah. other things that happen in the Northeast, well, <laughs> we both nailed our pick in the Super Bowl. But, yeah, uh, yeah, you, you, you did that. I'm, I'm shooting myself because, you know, my, my preseason pitch was actually uh, Denver versus Seattle in the Super Bowl and Seattle winning it. And then <laughs> championship weekend, I went ahead and picked Denver. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's just, even a month removed, it's just still so impressive just to see you know, we nailed the aspects of how it could happen for Seattle, especially the pressure with the front four. I, I don't think anyone was could have predicted it was going to be like that, though. Uh, it, no, I mean, it, I mean Denver. I, I think I don't think a team has been shut out in the Super Bowl, and they came damn close to to being shut out. So, it, yeah, uh, no one's been shut out. Um, yeah, everyone's gotten at least I think it's six points. Or oh no, wasn't there a six three game? Wasn't there was an awful Miami Dallas Super Bowl that's like six three or thirteen? I don't know. Either way, no one's been shut out, and you're right. It, and I, I'm just gonna go out and say for all those people that are look, it, it's just one of those games where whatever narrative you had about Peyton Manning before the game, it didn't get changed because if if you if you are on the bandwagon of Peyton Manning being the greatest quarterback of all time, and I hate having that argument, but there's plenty of people that have that. I, I don't believe in a best of all time. I, I believe that there is just a group of guys that you say, these are one of the greatest, these are the group of the greatest players we've ever seen. I personally think that Peyton Manning is in there. But for people that want to have the argument, no one on either side changed. You know, Anyone who defends Peyton Manning is going to sit, go out there and say, well, you know, his line has to be able to block him in a game like that. You know, it, 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 there's plenty of reasons, you know, why Why did they get away from the run? Was that Manning's fault? Was that, you know, who knows? But that person is going to defend Manning to the death. The person that thinks that Peyton Manning is a playoff choke artist, and thinks that he can't be ever be in Brady's league, even though it's now been ten years since Brady's won a Super Bowl, um, and he's had some pretty bad playoff performances since then. They're not going to change their opinion either. It's just uh, it's the only thing that's disappointing is that it was our first bad Super Bowl in a while, and we start getting used to having actual good matchups and good games in the Super Bowl, and uh, we were deprived of that one. Yeah, I mean, uh, we kind of had a feeling that uh, 
the Seattle-San Francisco game might have been the Super Bowl or the best game of the coming weeks, and uh, it turns out that was the case. And I just found it really funny and a bad omen when, uh, I think I tweeted it out, or I said, I think I tweeted it out when it happened. When you saw, like, the third quarter Tebow commercial, it just felt like that was just, oh, come on, man, you know, you know, it's like, that was the nail in the coffin. <laughs> Moving on, I mean, it, it, we, we talk about, you know, not too much else on the Super Bowl. Uh, of course, not much is going to happen until the second week of March when the, the elite year starts and all the free agency begins, so that'll be fun. And folks following along, uh, by the time you hear this, the last of my cap casualty columns will be up at footballpros.com. And uh, you can see some of the things that I predicted in those columns have already happened, like the Jason Peters uh, finishing his career in Philly. That happened today. Five years, about $51 million, uh, in total. It'll be interesting what the guarantees are, but it doesn't really matter because the number isn't changing his cap number too much. I think he was already on the books for $7 or $8 million, so notching it up to 9 or 10 uh, not not a big change and not unexpected at all uh, when you consider Chip Kelly's offense. Yeah, I mean, that's going to be interesting. It's good that they got him back. It's going to be interesting, I think, what uh, Cooper, Macklin, and Avant are all free agents. Uh, so they're going to... That'll be they fine. Might have to, they may have to revamp their uh, offense and receiving core a little bit. But well, they got we'll plenty of money. They, they got uh, they got one of the better uh, cap situations in the entire league. I think there's... Uh, if I remember correctly from writing it last week, I think they're seventh in money in the league or something. Uh, they got plenty. Yeah. Something like $23 million, something like that. Now let's talk about something that's usually um, pretty depressing. And I get frustrated with this every year. We're going to move on to our first NBA talk in a while. Usually we stick the NBA talk in the middle of June when stuff isn't going on in the NFL yet and baseball hasn't really kicked into high gear yet or their pennant races. And because really the NBA is not really nothing until the playoffs anyway. But this year, we've got a few things going on that's involved the trade deadline. And First of all, you know, the NBA trades now, with all the constrictive cap, uh, with all the constrictive cap stuff, and the effect on mid-level exceptions uh, due to luxury tax, the NBA trade deadline... I don't know if that's ever going to be fun again until it's collectively bargained again, and particularly the luxury tax. I think this is one where um, the players actually should have fought a little bit more because all this is doing is restricting the teams, and it's forcing the teams to spend less than they normally would. So the team, people that are getting hurt in this situation, not the teams paying the luxury tax per se, Really, it's the players when you come down to it because they're going to get paid less. And because of the restrictions, I don't know if we're ever going to see a great trade deadline again from the NBA. Uh, what do you think? Um, no, I mean, I, I think we could still see some good trades. It's just I, I've hated the NBA trading deadline for the last five or ten years because uh, we, we've seen it year in and year out. Uh, some of the biggest names that get moved at the deadline uh, agree to a buyout with their new team and then all of a sudden land on a uh, uh, contender and just making the rich teams get richer and the bad teams get worse. Well, that's a perfect segue to our first name. I mean... So many aspects of this Danny Granger situation. <laughs> First of all, let's look at the Sixers. They get rid of Turner. They get rid of... Yeah, 18 points a game, you're no good. Get out of here. Yeah, 18 points a game. One of those tricky little left-handed shooter guys can drive a little bit, can, can shoot from the outside a little bit. He's one of those... Uh, uh, if you ever played enough defense, you, you'd be like an, an Ariza type of guy or something like that. You know, something like that. And now he's going to a contender, which has to make him ecstatic. But if you've ever read any of Mark Titus's stuff from uh, from Grantland or, 
or know him from Club Trilly or anything, you'd realize that there's probably nothing that ever makes uh, Evan Turner smile. But he might have smirked a little when he realized he was going to the Pacers. And then the Sixers back up that deal by sending uh, Spencer Hawes, a, a decent guy that can stretch the floor because he's a big man that can shoot, and they sent him to Cleveland for, I don't know, a pack of runts, uh, a used gobstopper, and uh, one of those really cool um, snow removal things that's got the perfect thing on the back for the ice. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, with, yeah, with, yeah. with the extender and everything. <laughs> you know, that's basically what they got. Now, you're going to need that in Philly because, you know, a lot of North, Nor'easters this year, a lot of, a lot of polar vortexes. And and whatever whatever name that Weather Channel is coming up with this this week, um, but man, I um, okay. Well, let me try to okay back up here. First of all, let's talk about the Sixers. Now it's just full full tank mode. Oh my! This is this is this is another level. This is like I I don't know what you can call it. Maybe it's yeah. I mean, they they traded uh, what thirty two points a game in Hawes and Turner and got Earl Clark and a bag of crap <laughs> and a, in return and uh, and great yeah, just awful and, and Granger refusing to report demanding to <laughs> demanding to get his buyout so he can go to the Heat or the Spurs. Which by the way, it would be the Spurs. Well, there's no way he's going to the Heat. Uh, there's some bad blood there between the Heat and the Pacers from a couple of years ago. And I remember Granger being in the middle of all of it. So, you know, I... Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine the the, the Heat have any cap room anyway after signing Greg Oden last month. So, uh, I, 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 I don't really see them as an option. By the way, that's a feel-good... That's just a feel-good story. And I've seen him play a little bit since he's been back. And he looks decent, I, I, and, you know, when, when Chalmers gets him a pass for a dunk and everything, I, I just feel good inside. I really do. I mean, obviously, Portland lost out again in, in, in a big draft uh, draft conversation, but it feels good to be Greg Oden, for Greg Oden to be anywhere, and, uh, you know, at the at, at the very least, if he, if he loses the ability to jump whatsoever, he does have a third leg that can help him. So <laughs> there, there there is that. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, you know I was going to talk about Odin without without bringing that up. Uh, that's, uh, that's, uh, that's almost a segue to what we'll be talking about later. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, you're you're very. So okay, first of all, uh, this is this is a new level of tanking because you they are getting to the point that like, the D League All Stars. Uh, yeah, I mean they they did that awful trade uh, with the Drew Holiday uh, before the season started. And oh God! Uh, I mean, if they didn't have so many wins already, uh, you know, if they didn't start the season three and zero. I would have guaranteed that they would break the own Sixers record at this point. <laughs> uh, how many wins do they have? Do you know? Have they beat? Have, do they have ten? Do they have ten yet? Uh, give me one second. Uh, bringing up the NBA standings, I believe. I believe everybody has more than ten. Actually, uh, I I knew it was close for a while because I know the Bucks are. Philadelphia has fifteen. Yeah. Milwaukee has eleven. Okay, yeah, okay, Milwaukee was the worst. Yeah, Philly with Philly with a huge start. I mean, they're they're really going. They they could go fifteen and sixty seven. They they might not win. They lost to the Bucks. Did they lose? They lost to the Bucks like tw by twenty or something, right? Yeah, it, it's it's just awful. I mean, <laughs> the Bucks are sixth and twenty three at home. <laughs> God, at home. Uh, how's that Karan Butler deal doing for them? <laughs> Thirty-two games out in Miami <laughs> or uh, or Indiana, actually. Oh, jeez, uh, that's that's hilarious. Now, first of all, yeah, th that's a deal that you gotta hate, and 
who said that Danny Granger was that powerful anymore that he could even demand the, the, the buyout? When was Granger good? Um, when was he last good? Was two and a half years ago? Yeah, is before his uh, before his knee problems. Right. Uh, you know, he was a twenty point a game scorer, and it's basically all they had after uh, Reggie Miller retired. So, uh, but uh, but that Danny Granger yeah. isn't walking through the locker room door anytime soon. <laughs> I, I, I don't know there. Uh, again, I agree with you as far as the overall thoughts. I mean, I, I think maybe there'll be good deadlines again uh, when the CBA is, is, is renegotiated. I got to think that Adam Silver uh, is, is going to be um, in a position. I, I think he's going to be a fantastic commissioner. And, and just taking the reins from David Stern, he almost has to be I don't, you know, when you sit behind a guy like that, and you're a guy as smart as Silver, the, the way that I think about it is when you see a mentor like David Stern, and you're able to sit in the wings that long, you not only learn how to do everything, you also learn how to do everything correctly, and then you also learn how to do everything incorrectly as well. Like, when you just sit, like, it's a difference between what major corporations do where they'll get rid of a guy and they say, okay, we'll bring in this guy because he's with this company, and then we'll see if he can do better than the last guy that we just got out of here, right? I mean, let's say, all right, um, you know, you were, uh, you know, we're going to bring you into Chase because we noticed that you were at KeyBank before or something like that. So maybe the same industry, but not exactly in the same, same company. Now, when you got a silver who's just sitting there, and he's in the, in, in the business the whole time, I have very high hopes for him as a commissioner. I really do. What, I, what, what do you think about his comments two weeks ago uh, when he basically said uh, corporate advertising on jerseys is coming, basically uh, how the uh, you know European soccer league uh, uh, deal, but... Uh, it's uh, basically it all stems to the uh, the T-shirt like uh, you know jerseys that the NBA is marketing this year brings more surface area for advertising and that's going to morph into they they don't they don't have that type of longevity those I mean you're going to be talking about shoulder stuff and that sort of thing on the on the opposite side of Jerry West. And I do think that is inevitable in, in most of the sports. I mean, um, you know, Japan's baseball teams are four companies essentially. And when you're putting out on when you're putting it on everything in the stadium, it just makes sense that eventually you're going to have that on the jerseys as well. It's everywhere else, and it is another money grab. I don't have a problem with it because a lot of other leagues. You're talking about the most popular sport in the world that does it. Uh, okay, why not? You know, there, there's plenty of room on football jerseys, that's for sure. Yeah. So I, I don't have a problem with that. I mean, that, that all that proves to me is that he's a forward enough thinker. That he's going to try stuff. He's going to fail at stuff. But I like people that try. I don't like people that sit back and just, uh, you know. Uh, that's why I rip on Bud Selig all the time. You know, that's one of my main reasons. I don't like guys that sit back and say, this is the status quo, we shall never change. You know, and why? How is this working? Explain to me how this is working so well. And, and, and the answer to that is that because this is the most prosperous time of sports in, in history. So you're running any sport, you're making more money for the owners every single year. One of the greatest things to be right now is a sports owner. It, it, it just is. There's... There's nobody on the brink of collapse anymore unless Bettman really just goes, tries to go for a third time. Which he might. Okay, we'll say three out of four sports have no chance of going under. But, but as long as Bettman's around, there is a chance that hockey will be destroyed. <laughs> Which, again, I will remind everybody, was the most brilliant move in David Stern's career in his life. No, no, Gary. You go around that sport. I'm just going to have this basketball thing. We're kind of struggling. 
Go on, Gary. You know, you're a smart guy, Gary. I, I trust you. Go ahead. Go to, go to hockey. I'll buy you the plane ticket. There you go. Yeah, look. You know, in lieu of a bonus, of course, yeah. Bettman probably thought that was brilliant. He's like, oh, what a great guy. <laughs> I don't know. As far as trade deadline goes, you know, I, I, I guess everything is hype. You know, I, I'm just sick of it just being a bunch of crap every year. Yeah, I mean, we would have been having a different conversation, though, if uh, Kevin Love got moved. And... Uh, Kevin Love is moving. Kevin Love isn't moving until the summer. And somehow there's still repercussions being filled around the league from that uh, uh, basically botched or uh, negated trade by Stern and the uh, you know the New Orleans team and the Lakers from two years ago. Uh, imagine if. Uh, Chris Paul was on the Lakers. Uh, the Lakers might actually be relevant right now, but uh, that that's not the case. Not if they gave Kobe twenty million with Chris Paul, because <laughs> they're just be... asking him play. <laughs> <laughs> right, brilliant. Just, you know, the Lakers are proof that there are still dumb contracts to be had. My God, I get that it's Kobe, but holy crap, was that stupid! Oh my God! That goes against every finance, every knowledgeable thing a person can could do. Um, last thing on the NBA before we move on to the the stuff that is going on in the NFL. Okay, Raymond Felton. How do you feel about things? Well, I mean, from what I gather, uh, you know, him and his uh, wife or now a strange wife, uh, you know, having arguments and whatever, and she basically turned him in for having illegal guns and armor-piercing bullets inside of his house. So, uh... Well, here's, here's my understanding of what's been reported. They had an argument. She says that he um, threatened her with a gun, chambered a bullet, apparently left after. <laughs> and then she goes to the police station and say, Here, here's an illegal gun my husband has. You will find you will find seventeen rounds here in this clip and one in the chamber. <laughs> Felton, realizing that he is completely effed turns himself in. Now, this normally wouldn't be that big of a story because this happens all the time in some Dallas Cowboy luggage. <laughs> but, in this case, it happened in New York. Right. Where you could go to jail for two years for shooting yourself in the leg with an illegal gun. The long and short of this is, is that the one thing that looked like relatively good guard play for the Knicks is going to jail for two years. Raymond Felton will go to jail. <laughs> New York loves sending people to jail on gun charges. Loves it. Making this poo-poo potpourri of a Knicks season ever that more poopiful. Yeah, and uh, Mike Woodson's like, uh, I never had any thought of, uh, you know, sitting him down or suspending him or anything. He's like, uh, my point guard just got charged with, like, three felonies, but uh, get out there and play point guard, damn it. Well, they, they really don't have any other choice. <laughs> Which I will remind everyone that they could have Jeremy Lin right now. They they could it, it wasn't the JD and the the big shot or whatever he wasn't bothering to uh, try to make a stand for no reason whatsoever on the most marketable commodity that he had at the time. Let's not let's not forget that after being a sensation that 
James Dolan is the reason why Jeremy Lin left New York. And, <laughs> and he did it by making his fan for no good reason whatsoever other than some sort of monetary thing like he hadn't deserved it yet while this guy is paying buco bucks for the corpse known as Amari Stoudemire. This is how smart James Dolan is in running a franchise. And I don't even have his cable service. And I know that, uh, that, that just is awful. Well, I don't know what else to add on the NBA unless you got something else for me. We're going to move on to the NFL news. No, I mean, there's, you know, nothing, <laughs> no real trades to, to talk about. I mean, before that, the Granger-Turner trade, like, the biggest name moved was Antoine Jameson. It was, like, 90, so, I mean, there really is nothing more to talk about. No, no, there, there isn't. That's, what it's, that's why it's so disappointing. Uh, it's so bad that we give a podcast to talk at the NBA trade deadline, and we're still forced to just embarrass the NFL for 15 minutes or so. <laughs> if that tells you how bad the trade deadline is right now, I don't know what does. If that doesn't, I don't know what does. Um, well, I mean, what should be at the forefront of everyone's mind uh, but isn't because of the uh, because of the scouting combine, which we'll get to a little bit. Ray Rice, yeah, <laughs> don't look good for him. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, the Ravens for the most part have a history of sticking with players, uh, so I imagine he'll still be on the team when he gets through this, but I have a feeling Roger Goodell might uh, sit him down for six games, maybe eight, especially since, uh, you know, the way Roethlisberger got charged. He was, well, he was never even charged. Yeah, Roethlisberger got got sat down, and people have a revisionist history on this, but he basically sat, got sat down because he was kind of a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. That, that was the reasoning. He was he was kind of a dumb... No, really, he was a dumb jerk. Because it wasn't too long before that happened that there was the motorcycle thing and no help, whatever. So when you set a precedent that dumb, which that was a stupid precedent to set, um, you really can't let Ray Rice off the hook here. We have video evidence, and apparently there's more out there that has not surfaced publicly. At least I haven't seen it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you know as well as I do, there's, there's cameras everywhere in casinos. So there's, 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 there's more of this out there. Well, the, the DA seems to... Was it the DA? Who was it? They said they had, they had video of... Uh, someone important here said that they, they do have video of Rice punching her. And knocking her out. So you know, I you show I, I you should you sent me the link of the video. I watched it. I told you, ah, she looks like just a completely hammered person. Yeah. Well, you know what also looks like a completely hammered person is a uh, knocked out person. <laughs> and the worst part about that is, that, like, the security guard walks up. And he's like, you got to get her feet out of the door. <laughs> you can tell he's like, those doors are trying to shut on her fucking ankles, man. <laughs> and he's like, fine. And, uh, you know, it's like, I don't know, it's like Ray Rice didn't realize like how weighty a person feels when they're knocked out, because he looks like, you know, he was struggling too, but then he was kind of struggling with her weight too, and uh, you would think a football player would have no trouble whatsoever, but he's like, I'm going to drag this here. I'm going to drag this over here. I, I, you know, just uh awful situation for that. The thing is, is, you know, you're right, the Ravens are probably going to stick by him. But the question has to be answered. You, you have a guy who's taking a lot of hits in the league already. 
He's coming off of a season where he was terrible. Um, he actually would save them something like four and a half million off of their salary cap if they cut him. And they're only going to get him for half of a season. There's, there's a real question here that you could go Bernard Pierce and someone and, and get someone else. Maybe, I mean, would it be crazy for them to get rid of the PR nightmare? Uh, I mean, because if there's any team that knows exactly how healthy their guys will tend to be in the future, it's going to be the Ravens, so the most, well, the most, one of the most prepared front offices in the league. You know, it, would it be crazy for them to go with an incentive-laden deal for a run DM, uh, you know, run DMC and 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 go with Pierce? I mean, that's. Uh, that would be the smart thing to do. I mean, you're cutting a guy you ran for 600 yards and like five touchdowns this year. So I mean, uh, I mean, the business part says cut him, but their history and and, and, uh, and wait, wait a minute. And let me let me remind everybody: 125 or so of those yards came against the Bears' run defense. Yeah, in the uh, near tornado game. <laughs> the tornado game where I was at. <laughs> so I know I remember it very well. The tornado and the game. Um, so let's not forget that he, this is a guy who really ran for like 460 yards. And can save you four and a half million off a cap. So I... I don't know, and you're probably you're gonna lose those games. So maybe there's some more money they can save after a June one designation, and that's why they're giving support now. But this guy is in real trouble. Yeah, I mean, well, no, this is a franchise that has had you know McGahey and Ricky Williams at running back uh, over the last couple of years. So I mean. <laughs> yeah. Uh, at times, it doesn't seem like they care who they have out there, and uh, you know, since they've gotten Ray Wright, it's been pretty stable. But uh, you know, but uh, he could be going away for a while if he, if not from the lead, uh, from, from the police. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, move on. I, I'm I, moving on to other news. Uh, I'm not sure what you know. Going to the Wells report just briefly. I'm not sure what we can take away from it, then, other than it was just a foobar situation. And yeah, that 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 uh, that press conference by Philbin was just laughable. I mean, he, he Stephen Ross just apparently doesn't have a clue. I mean, he, <laughs> he, he Philbin should have been fired immediately after that press conference. It just Complete buffoonery. <laughs> well, you know there are situations. There's coaches that handle it in different ways, and a coach will handle a, a situation where normally, like team leaders, will give an idea of what's going on when the coach is not just too busy to be around. Most coaches do take the time and the point to get the pulse of what's going on. I do think that he knew of something and, and therefore should be accountable for it um, based on what yeah, happened. He said he's accountable for the things he's accountable for, <laughs> but he's also accountable, but he didn't know a lot of things, so he's not accountable for it. <laughs> right. But this is also an organization that employed Jeff Ireland for so long. A guy who should not have been around a while ago. Yeah, I mean that's uh, that's like uh, one of those like Norv uh, AJ Smith type things uh, where you'd be like, what? Why the hell does this guy still have a job? I I don't know. Uh, you, you know, it's it a bad combination of everything. Um, obviously, the 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 NFL is not just going to be corporate in the stands anymore. It's gonna—they're going to try to move to be corporate in the locker rooms as well. 
Overall, you know, I gotta say that moving that direction is is probably a good idea. The silly the silly idea is this whole thing that is coming out now about some sort of proposal coming up at the owner meet at the meetings about trying to pollute police the N word on the field. Um, yeah, you can't in the NBA as well. You can't do that. This yeah. skinny little, like, is, is skinny little Gene Salvatore going to try to tell a black guy that he can't tell another black guy the N-word? Is this what really is going to happen? This little white Italian dude is going to try to tell these black guys, hey, don't use the N-word with each other. When most of these athletes are coming from situations where that word is used all the time, it is not our job, it is not guilty white person's job to govern a word that they have no business having an opinion on. Yeah. The opinion uh, should I be still governed... Still, I still remember to this day, I, I think you were at that game, but I was at that game with Ridencheck. It was uh, Ohio State versus Miami about 15 years ago in, uh, in Columbus. Okay. Uh, Ohio State drove down to about the three-yard line. No, I, I, I just got hammered that game. I didn't go to yeah, the game. All of a sudden, there was a penalty. And the referee said there was a personal foul unrelated to football. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if someone made fun of somebody's mom or what actually happened that caused that penalty, but that's... that's Gonna be crazy if they start having that. Uh, we we just we see what type of effect the the crazy questionable hit calls have on the game, and now if you do this, that's uh, just gonna be awful. No, I, again, that is my true feeling: is that rich white guys who run a corporation. Um, and because there is a problem with hiring minorities in the NFL at the top, all the way down through the coaching ranks, this is not where the ideas should be coming from at all. If there are ideas on the subject, if the community that had, that is using the word this way now wants to start figuring it out, great. I think it's a terrible word. Okay, but should rich white guys start deciding how to govern it? No. No. Get back to me on that one. I'm just going to continue over here twirling my thumbs, not using it, and when I, when I get to hear that there's some sort of, some, I don't know. All I'm saying is, shouldn't, no, I can't decide things on that. I, I'm, a, I'm a dumb white guy from the Midwest, and, mo and most of the people... Running the NFL are dumb white guys from the Midwest, so not qualified. Just don't go there, okay? Okay, NFL, just stop. There's a place where you stop. When you got Chris Carter talking to like Ron Artest on Mike and Mike in the morning and telling him, "Well, you're not in the hood anymore," or something like that, like, okay, you guys have that argument. I don't want to be there. I. <laughs> Okay, we'll, we'll not talk about this. Not my decision. I definitely can't and won't be using it, even if I'm on the offensive line for the Miami Dolphins next year, which I might be. They need a lot of help. Yeah, I mean, Pouncey could get suspended. If, uh, There's, he definitely could get suspended for a couple of games. Absolutely. Absolutely. He could, he could be the forebearer for this because Incognito's career is over. Martin's career is over. No one's going to give Martin a shot. It's, it's, it's sad, but that, that's, that's the truth. Um, anything you want to talk about in the Combine, about the, the three major names going around, Clowney, Manziel, or Michael Sam? Any, any comments on those guys? Um... No. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, fine. That's fine. We can move on. No. You know what? Not, you're, uh, I'm cutting it off. Nope. Nope. I'm cutting it off. We yeah, will We will I, not. I, wait. 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 Nope. 
No. 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 Not gonna happen. We will not. We will be the first sport. <laughs> whatever you want to call us, sports outlet. Whatever. We will be the first sports outlet to give in the last week to give no opinion on Michael Sam, Jadavion Clowney, or Johnny Manziel. All right, moving on. All right. Not doing it. All right, going on to the Olympics. That's right. I just got. <laughs> we're moving on. We're going to be the only people in the country with something that is published about sports with no opinion on Clowney, Manziel, or Michael Sam. How about that? That's right, folks. That's what you get from the False Guy Podcast. We're not giving you any of that crap. The Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing more to see here. Uh, just regurgitate. <laughs> well, you've already heard, but... Uh, you know, it, it is kind of interesting. I was listening to an interview uh, from Phil Sims today saying that uh, Geno Smith would be the number one rated quarterback or number one rated player in this draft. So, I mean, that kind of tells you about the other guys and uh, where the brass kind of thinks they, they lie. Uh, you know, I... I don't know. Ah, that was really close to having an opinion. We're moving on to the Olympics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's my Olympics rant. Um, as I'm one of the few remaining New York Islanders fans in the entire country, obviously I was a little hurt last week when I found out that John Tavares uh, suffered an injury. Uh, he was only third in the NHL in points, and the only reason that the Islanders were even having a chance at making the NHL playoffs, I think they were ranked I think they're 10th in the conference right now, three or four points behind. Well, now they're completely screwed. Um, but that's not my real complaint with the Olympics. I, I mean, my first complaint is, one, this whole American idea of, of just the, the hubris of saying, fine, we're going to take these North American sports, and, and like, like basketball and hockey, and we're going to send you our very best, and you're going to see what you can do with it. It's, it's so stupid. It's such an American ego idea for a country that really doesn't need any more ego. Does the United States need more ego? Are we, is there a shortage of people coming out and telling you how great they are? There's like 43 million selfies a second in the United States or something like that. I made that. I'm, I completely made that number up, by the way. I, it's, but, but it's probably really high. We have like 43 million selfies a second. Do we really need more of this? We're gonna be the best at everything in the world. Which, by the way, we're not at hockey, which is really funny to me. And the best moments, the best feelings we ever got in hockey, were when a bunch of college kids showed up and faced the big bad Russians, the real, the real pros of the world. And they beat them. And they were, they were downtrodden. Guess what? America is a lot better when they're downtrodden, not when they're ahead. The character of America came from being downtrodden. They came from, we, remember, we grew and became a nation when we had a revolution against what was thought to be an oppressive government. And we had to do that during cruel winters when they were down to what it seemed like their final out, their final chip at the table, and we did it then. And that was the great feeling about USA Hockey and, and the amateurs beating what were basically the pros. You got Vladislav Fetisov, maybe the greatest defenseman of all time. And if you don't know that name, find a find a DVD, find a YouTube of the game, and, and watch and watch him play and that Russian defenseman. And he, of course, one of the greatest uh, one of the greatest defenseman careers in NHL history as well. And and, and they got the number one goalie ever, and they made him look so bad in the first period. That, that he got pulled. The greatest goalie. And, and people will tell you that Trejciak was the greatest goalie of all time. No, 
We're pulling him. These dumb college kids don't know what they're up against. And that was the best feeling about hockey. Hockey specifically. Let the amateurs play. Continue to let the amateurs play. But, you know, what? fine. This is probably not going away. And really, I've accepted it. But I just want to make the point here on the podcast that our greatest moments from America don't come from us throwing our, our, our Johnson on the table. Mark Johnson. <laughs> and if you, if you knew 1980 hockey, that would be funny to you. Um, and anyone here probably doesn't know 1980 hockey. So, sorry that fell. Well, I mean, do, do we actually think uh, Batman's going to make a smart move? Because, he, I mean, he, he hasn't committed to... Do you realize what you just said? Yeah, <laughs> he hasn't submitted the lead to play in the Nets Olympics, and, uh, you know, Tavares wasn't the only guy to get hurt. I mean, right. uh, Zetterberg has to have bat surgery, uh, mm-hmm. Bro got hurt, and uh, numerous other guys got hurt uh, going over there. So, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, I don't know how big of a state the NHLPA is going to, I'm going to make about that, uh, about them going over there. I don't either. And like I said, look, I've kind of accepted that it's just going to be this way. You know, I just want to make a, make a point that, you know, the best moments we had, and the best moments as a country is always, always when we're punched in the mouth first. You know, before that great game, the Russians killed us. Killed us. There was like a 10-3 to 3 exhibition. I mean, it was it was disgusting, and Pearl Harbor. You know, I, I keep bring I keep comparing war and sports, and I and I guess since I write about it, and there's so much terminology of war and sports, I can't help it. You know, it's in my brain. I'm gonna think about it, but it's true about the overall idea that America is always better when it's punched in the mouth first, and it has to rise. You know that that's why. That's why watching the NBA players in the Olympics, it's, it's boring. It's boring. You know, if... Yeah, I mean, that's just my opinion on it, you know. Um, and so that's the real point I want to make in the Olympics is, is, is a comparison of, of what happened there and, and when, when America was, the United States, really good. And, and they tend to be really good in the situation opposite of what they're doing now. So... You know, I, I, that, that, that's all I've got on that. We've got some uh, very good uh, candidates for Model American. Uh, we're going to go, it's just, it's just, I mean, it just so happens that we're getting so many great candidates uh, for every podcast. Uh, it, it, it's just hard to narrow down. I, I'm going to let you finish off with the with the actual Model American. I'm going to mention two ahead. First in, uh Adam Malama, or whatever his name is, the uh, running back uh, from San Diego State, left the combine because he said God told him so. All right. That's one way to do it, I guess. Now, the more interesting thing is, we're not sure what God told him next. Because apparently his friends can't get a hold of him since he left the combine. Let's just say, let's just hope that good old Adam isn't started wearing the black Nikes or drinking the Kool-Aid just yet. Okay, folks? Oh, I don't know. Uh, when you're through a monetary society and you rush for 2,700 yards in your last two seasons and you come out early and you're supposed to be a fringe pick in the NFL draft anyway because of where you played... Might not be the best idea to hear start hearing voices in your head telling you not to do that. I don't know, just a thought. Um, I'm really wondering what sort of interview he could possibly have in the future. Let's hope we find him, and let's hope we do not find him with an empty Kool-Aid bottle and wearing black Nikes. <laughs> Second one is near and dear to your heart, sir. Uh, your St. Louis Cardinals. I'm not going to talk about the possible news on Jaime Garcia already. I'm sure you saw that. But I'm going to talk to you about Carlos Martinez. 
Are you aware of this one, sir? Yeah, you know, he's a 22-year-old guy that on Facebook and a, uh, a number of other social <coughs> media outlets uh, basically liked a, a bunch of uh, porn, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, porn names, porn movies, porn... Anything associated with porn, and uh, uh, I guess today the St. Louis officials had to go with him and comb through his social media <laughs> accounts and uh, help uh, remove uh, some of that. <laughs> now, I don't remember. Where does Carlos Martinez come from? Dominican Republic, uh, Venezuela, something like that. Yeah. Was he an overseas draft pick or anything? Do you know? No, he was actually a pretty high draft pick. No, no, overseas, overseas. Like, uh, like he didn't come from, uh, he didn't come from the NCAA or anything like that. I don't think so. No. Okay. Well, <laughs> a couple of aspects here. First of all, if Carlos Martinez is here from his home country. If he has one. I'm sorry, I, I did not research where Carlos Martinez was from. It, it was just the thought I had while while Blotz is talking about this. Uh, might be a little homesick. Might be a little homesick. Uh, loves the porn. Clearly, loves the porn. Now, I think baseball's missing out. I think the Cardinals are missing out, too. The Cardinals, uh, supposed to be a class organization. I, I get why um, they would be embarrassed uh, on the surface in the story. And they even said they were embarrassed by the story. I think they're missing out on something. Baseball, as you know, is run by a lot of old, crusty old guys who, who are terrible at marketing to the young crowd. Imagine if a bunch of baseball players just started twe tweeting all their best porn that they love. <laughs> that is a way to to just reach out to the young crowd across America. They're completely missing out. No other sport is doing this. Football's not doing this. Basketball's not doing this. Oh God, hockey's not doing it. Wherever hockey played, it's it's too cold to have sex. What needs to happen here? What I'm saying is, is the Cardinals should have gone complete reverse on this, a whole 180, and had all of their players start tweeting all their favorite porn. So when all of the kids that are 13 or 14 years old and normally just insulting Justin Bieber fans on Twitter or saying the worst things in the world, they can find porn. They can do things with their lives. Sure, there'd be a lot more... Doors being closed and a lot longer trips to the bathroom for those teenagers. Not like they have a problem with that already, but they just might. They just might remember where they got that porn clip from. Because once you find a good site, you're always going to remember it. And if just, just a chance, that 13-year-old little south of Chicago was on Carlos Martinez's site, and found his favorite porn site in the world. There might be just a chance that he remembers, hey, that came from a baseball player. I like baseball. Baseball starts getting younger fans. I think they missed out on this one, Matt. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> what? Like the the third inning is going to be brought to you by uh, Vivid Video and uh, <laughs> they're the perfect they're the perfect sport to do it though. <laughs> How many times have you made a joke sexually about first base, second base, hitting a home run? Ooh, I slid into that one. Uh, or the base unit, the rocket. <laughs> <laughs> I totally missed opportunity. Terrible decision. Just these 
Old man not thinking out of the box. Or, quite frankly, not thinking in the box. Alright, let's move on to the... Yeah, that is not... Yeah, that old rat, That is not the actual model American. We've got something even better. Bring it bring it home with the model American there, boss. Alright, we got the... Sharif Raheem Muhammad. Uh, uh, Florida High School linebacker recently committed to uh, Bobby Petrino in Louisville there. Uh, was uh, arrested yesterday charged with a felony count of lewd uh, lascivious behavior. Uh, he is accused of fathering a child with his 14-year-old cousin who later got an abortion. So yes, uh, Bobby Petrino is recruiting guys who is screwing family members. Okay. Uh, um, and, per apparently, uh, per apparently when Petrino gave him the pitch of when you become rich and famous you get to screw whatever you want, <laughs> apparently he did not give him the key guidelines of Make sure she's of age, and two, make sure she's not related to you. <laughs> Bobby Petrino never been known to get all of the details correct, though. You know, <laughs> just, just <laughs> some, you know, just not every. You can't get everything. You know, in one one half hour meeting, you know, well. While all the moms getting sandwiches, it's really hard to, to get all the rules of banging younger women to to properly uh, be <laughs> be passed on. Um, first, it's hilarious that uh, Petrino mentioned his quote was, "He is aware of the situation." <laughs> I know he's being coached. He's been coached for he, he's been coached for years in PR. He's he's not good at it. Probably could have used a little better wording than that. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with this kid because he's not even an adult yet. And he's in charge of the felony. Yeah, he's 17. Uh, right. And apparently, apparently after it happened the first time, and his explanation was, it kind of just happened. <laughs> Let me... Okay. All right. Uh, oh... I'm not sure how that just happens. Here's a, here's, a, here's a thing about the history of the world when it comes to sexual explanations. It's never just happened. Ever. Not once has anything just happened. Just happened implies something like, whoops! Oh, there's no whoops. Whoops doesn't happen. Not, 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 not to initiate the initial act. Uh, there's other whoops that could occur. Usually involves about six drams of whiskey and a dark room, and then a slap of some guy's face. But you know, that aside, he's not doing well. First of all. Nothing just happens, and nothing just happens with a cousin. Uh, hilarious that Bobby Petrino is involved, but ultimately, ultimately the point that I want people to take away from this and uh, is if you are a Florida football recruit, don't continue on the reputation that is a part of the state of Florida. Florida, there's Adam Carolla on his podcast has something known as Florida or Germany. <laughs> the two craziest places on the planet. And I'll take a news story, and people will have to guess did this crazy news story happen in Germany or Florida? Well, Florida, there's a reason why your state was picked. If you're a Florida football recruit, let me just let me just tell you this. It's not a good idea to do anything that continues on the concurrent stereotype of your state. And when you start banging your cousin when you're 17 and they're 14 and they got to get an abortion and then you ask for it again and then 
Don't. Florida has enough problems. You, you, you well, I mean, Florida does have a lot of stereotypes, but I don't know inbreeding was. Uh, <laughs> no, and it wasn't until I, was, I and, you know, and it wasn't until I actually read the story I realized it, it, it is kind of funny that he's now going to a place in Kentucky. And right, <laughs> and, and that's that's what I initially thought. I was like, is this a Kentucky recruit? Then I realized he's from Florida. <laughs> Totally blew my first thoughts on this, but my, I'm still going with my first thought anyway because I was going to make a stereotype uh, rant on that anyway. But I'm still going to use the stereotype rant here because it happened in Florida. Now, if this happened in Oklahoma, he wouldn't even be model American. This wouldn't even be our story. But it's, this is just too hilarious of, of, of a conglomerate of stereotype craziness that it, it's so good. And so bad, and so very bad at the same time. <laughs> Let me emphasize the so very bad part of this now. But, uh, in conclusion, don't bang your cousin. <laughs> Folks, I'm probably going to be away for another three weeks. Uh, I will be traveling the next three weeks. Uh, by then, we should have our baseball preview all prepared for you. Uh, but I appreciate it. I had a blast on this one. Um, any final thoughts for you? No, see you in a couple of weeks. And, uh, you know, as, uh, as uh, Rich said, don't ban any of your cousins. Uh, don't uh, get any sword fights at Taco Bell. Uh, don't uh, sell your kids for sets. Uh, uh, don't the, don't put heroin in the Happy Meal. We've had the last couple of weeks. <laughs> don't don't put heroin in the Happy Meal. Yeah. <laughs> All right, folks. Thank you for another great. Thank you for listening to another great edition of the Paul Shai Podcast. We'll talk to you soon. Uh, have a good one, man. You too. Welcome everybody to the latest edition of the Paul Shai Podcast. Podcast. It's the Paul Shai. We have a model American of the week. Holy crap, that defense is good. Let's get on the lighter side of things. Holy crap, that defense is good. They are the worst. They were. We'll find a way to win a couple of games that maybe they should. Oh, thanks, sports.